Welcome to Kaiseki Anime, where we air new episodes every other week. Kaiseki covers currently airing anime, older series seen recently, and other relevant topics for the season. I'm your host, Marina, of the blog Anime BNB, and with me is my co host, Draggle, of the cleverly titled Draggle's Anime Blog. This week, we discuss Healer Girls and Day Aiman, Recipe for Happiness. start with healer girls yeah and i wanted to also welcome you back draggle from your adventure oh yes that's right it's my fault our last episode was late if anyone had any doubts but now you're here and you're all caught up on our uh how shall i describe these dramas comedies healing yes happy go lucky healing shows yes the first of which you already said is healer girls which is our season's musical. Yeah, who would have guessed we'd get a musical anime? Uh, do you want to go ahead and give like a short description of this show? Sure. They're girls. They're training to be healers. And they they heal through the power of song. And they're going to school. Anything I missed? I think that about captures it. Although I guess I'm curious which school you're talking about because they are actually students, right? They do go to regular school, but then I wasn't sure if you're also referencing the fact that they are students of a renowned healer in a very interesting style of um, teacher-student relationship. They have their little uh, weird white uniforms and uh, do a lot of chores around the place and do firsthand learning, right? Training. Yeah, there in the real world there would be a lot of questions about this teacher student relationship. Yeah. But I would have to say that this show is actually one of the most surprising first episodes of the season. Yeah. I wasn't expecting yeah. them to burst out in song at every opportunity. Yeah. yeah, like the first time it happened, I was like, Okay, yeah, that's the theme of this show, right? The story is that they are healing people through song. But then the songs continued outside of the healing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It really felt like I had walked straight into a Disney film or like some kind of animated musical. Yeah. And I have to say, I like it. I can't really think of any other anime that does this, can you? There have been a few where they'll have like one episode that's a musical, but... Yeah. I can't really think of any that had the whole show being a musical like this one. Yeah, and even in this show, like, there are singing everywhere in every episode. But they even did have, like, one episode in particular, I think, the one that had, like, the sports festival or whatever, where they were really singing, like, all the time, and they were making jokes about it and wondering, like, why are they singing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the singing is really what makes this show. But my main complaint, though, is, like, if it didn't have the singing, I would be so bored out of my mind watching this. The singing is fun. And what's interesting is I don't really know much about the uh, people behind the music. We have music, Ryo Takahashi, listed. And I'm like, what does that mean to just be listed for music? And then we have the music producer, Yoichi Sakine. 
And they've worked together on several other anime, like Ari Furuta, your favorite, right? <laughs> Tribe Nine, Princess Principal, which I do recall thinking like the opening and ending themes for that were really cool. Akka and Tukar, which I dropped, but um, they have some history together. And I think they've been doing a great job with this. And then I think that the show also looks good. Again, using another character designer who they've worked with the uh, music staff with Princess Principal. And it looks good. It sounds good. But the story is kind of like, yeah, if it didn't have those, would we even be watching this? Absolutely not. <laughs> I would probably. You probably wouldn't. <laughs> I guess that's your thing. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's much of a point to it. It's just some kids it's, go Well, to it's cute girls doing alternative medicine, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the alternative medicine happens to be singing, and that's what's making this interesting. And I feel like there's a little bit of a weird line that they are walking here, because it's asking us to believe in this world where healing by music is a legitimate medicine, right? Yeah, and obviously there's been... Oh, you think of like the people eating the horse medicine to cure COVID and you're like, Oh my God. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It comes at a weird time, right? It's coming on the tail end of us having gone through a couple of years of COVID and lockdown working from home and people doing really weird shit or avoiding vaccines because they don't believe in it. And here we've got like healing through song. And if maybe it wasn't this timing, I wouldn't question it. Yeah. But otherwise, like it's, it's, I can't help but question it. Now. It is this. Even timing. though, like, this world wants you to believe that this is okay in this world. There is that one episode, right? Where they go to help out at a hospital or something and the surgeon's like really skeptical of them, right? <laughs> and I was like, hey, is that supposed to be us? Is the audience that, that surgeon right there? Yeah. But then the surgeon's like cutting them off and then they're singing and they save the day with singing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was like, uh, I feel like there's a little bit of propaganda going down my throat, but um, yeah, let's let's uh, believe in this. <laughs> I mean, to their credit, they always say like, oh, you need to go to the hospital and that kind of stuff. I don't really recall. Do you know if they've said anything about like the limits of what they can do? Not that I remember, but I I remember like the old lady. She was dying, and then they heal her with with some but then they're like oh you still need to go to the hospital <laughs> yeah it seems to be more for minor things right yeah um and also for assisting with just like general relaxation and warming you up and it seems to be very small things that they're helping with and anything that's serious anything that needs like surgery they will s send you on your way to an actual professional <laughs> well wow that sounds snooty <laughs> i said actual because they're professionals right Send you like to a, the real doctor. <laughs> right, right. So it's not like they're saying that they are the be-all, end-all. Yeah. So I guess that's another thing that's in its favor. Yeah. I, I feel like it It has good attention. Yeah, for sure. And with what we were saying, right? Like, if it didn't have the music, if it didn't have the, um, like, looks, the sounds, you wouldn't really be watching this? Is that because you don't like the characters? Or uh, I guess it's a typical, like, cute girls doing cute things show. But it just for yeah. me, there's like, there's not much conflict. It's like, oh, that's nice. They're going to school. Oh, they graduated to school. Oh, I hope they become doctors. I don't know. It's, it's just too dull. Yeah, it's a little aimless, right? We don't really know where they're going with this other than the fact that these girls are training and maybe the end goal that we're going to see is them graduating. Like they already got their trainer certification, right? That was like the first right. hill. Right. 
but they're obviously not done yet. And I don't know where this season's going to end. It's only 12 episodes. So they're not going to be like full-fledged doctor like their teacher, right, by the end of this. Exactly. Yeah, I guess like when I watch a show, I I want to feel like I I learned something or I saw something interesting. And Wait, Drago, are you telling me that this isn't teaching you that you can truly bring peace to people by singing to them? You could sing and our listeners might feel better. Hmm, I'm a bit skeptical. <laughs> you don't think you can sort of twist this or, you know, take a, a nice lesson from this and apply it to reality? Hmm. I don't think so, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, do you like any of the characters? I kind of like the girl they fight with all the time. Sonia. Sonia, yeah. She's fine. I wouldn't really say I like her, but do you have anybody you like? Uh, I guess I'm really curious about the red-haired girl, Kana. She was sort of the main character at the start, but now I don't really feel like she's a main character since we were sort of split between different ones. I'm just kind of curious. She seems to be special in some way, even though she's not the brightest student. Mm. They make that pretty clear. <laughs> but she uh, seems to have this uncanny ability with her... Um, what do they call it again? Like these, It's really weird. When they're doing their songs and they're getting into it, how they have like a, a vision, right? Mm. And how she's able to see that at what seems to be a pretty early stage and that she was able to even do it when she was younger without training, that she was able to see a healer's aura or vision or whatever. And I kind of want to know what that's about. Okay. And I guess I kind of like the green haired girl just because she's a nice girl and I I like nice sweet girls like that. (laughs) Yeah, I like the bad girls, the bad girls like Sonya. Oh, wait, does that mean you like Raimi because the blondie? Because she's she's creepy. I feel like she's... She's the more interesting of the three, but I, I don't really like her. She's she's definitely creepy. <laughs> like the way that she just obsesses over their teacher and just wants to do things to her and be with her, I'm just like, okay. Yeah, like this I is said, a very little predatory teacher student relationship here. <laughs> From the students then, right? Because the teacher shows zero interest. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. The the teacher, uh, I feel like the teacher shouldn't be alone with this girl <laughs> for her own protection. I feel like she does keep herself separate from them, right? Because I think only one of them lives there, and it turns out she's related to the teacher. And then the other two live elsewhere, right? They have that whole scene where they spend the night. Right. So they do have that sort of separation. But yeah, you are probably going to finish the show? Yeah, I think I'll finish it, assuming it's only one season. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's going to be one season, and I don't really foresee it having a sequel. Can't see it. I feel like there's a reason they don't do many anime musicals, because it's hard. It's hard to sustain, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. what are they going to do if they do have a sequel? Is it going to be them when they've already graduated and they're in their own practices? Because that, that would be entirely different spinoffs, maybe with, like, different staff and patients. But they wouldn't be together anymore. Maybe. Or they just take multiple seasons to graduate. <laughs> please, no. Please, please, no. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what these uh, cute girls doing cute things shows usually do. Well, I mean, I feel like this is a novelty, and they're going to be able to get away with it for this one season, but I don't really see it working for subsequent ones. No. Like, maybe if we have other anime musicals, like, those could be interesting, but not with Healer Girls. I agree. I hope we, we can get more anime musicals. Yeah, I definitely enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah, but... Maybe we can get some some more interesting plots for the anime musicals. That would be nice, like a action musical, you know? Yeah. Or can you imagine like a Princess Principal, since a lot of the staff on this show worked on that show, if that was a musical? That'd be kind of cool. Oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like a spy musical. 
it was already amazing even without the musical part or like a, a Tokyo Tribes animated. It's really good. I don't think you would like it, but <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't hurt for me to try, right? Okay, uh! just, don't don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> okay, I really like it, but uh, it requires some uh, suspension of thought. Well, just like Healer Girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, shall we move on then to our second show, Dayaimon Recipe for Happiness? Sure. And I feel like this show sort of targets a similar type of viewer because it, again, has some drama, some comedy, is very healing to watch. It has food as its setting, and I was actually really surprised that you were watching this. I'm a bit surprised, too. So you're still watching this? Yeah, I love it. Wow. <laughs> How is that possible? Please tell me. See, I feel like this one, this one doesn't have my main objection to Healy Girls, the, like lack of a point like in, uh-huh. in this one it's thematically like it knows exactly what it's going for right like it has this guy who uh is kind of a failure at life going home like reconsidering his priorities this guy goes home and then he's uh he's like rebuilding his life and he he's getting a daughter and she has her own like real issues of being abandoned so there's like a lot to think about in the show there's definitely a lot to think about. There's um some areas of your description there to dispute as well. What do you dispute? Well, before we get to that, let's just make clear. This is also a single core show. Although I would not object to sequels. I could definitely see something like that for this. I'm also enjoying the show. We're like five episodes in now. And so far, it hasn't bored me in the slightest. Every episode's been pretty interesting. Yeah. I guess some points that I would argue with you on that are maybe central to the themes of the show. First off, the question of whether or not Nagamu is a failure in life. That's the dispute that I have with you. <laughs> is he a failure in life? What is your definition of a failure at life? And the, the idea of him rebuilding his life just because he came home and is working with the family. Well, I think like in the standard worldview, like someone who's 30 plus years old and can't have a job and like try to be the guitar player there's like the stereotype of someone who doesn't have their act together whether it's true or not i think there is definitely that bias from his family and from onlookers but i don't think that his friends and you know people who think nicely of him of which most of this show does treat him well and seem to like him other than his father (laughs) and arguably his ex-girlfriend i don't think that they view him like that And I don't view him like that. I see him as having chased his dreams, which is he loved music. He wanted to make a career out of it with his friends. And he did that for a bit. And maybe, yeah, the time was coming to a close. They couldn't make a living anymore off of being musicians like that. But that's not what sent him home. What sent him home was the fear that something had actually happened to his father. Right? That's That's what sent him packing. But then he didn't go back. (laughs) Right. He didn't go back because he gets this threat that this little nobody girl, someone he doesn't know, is going to take over the business, right? And not that he has like a any animosity towards or anything, but I do think he now does feel obligated to stay there to train and sort of be a father figure for her, like you said. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure about that. Because I, I don't think he really cares if the girl takes over the business. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think he just feels now that he's there, he's already left Tokyo behind. They're not reforming the band, most likely, now that they've split like that. His ex-girlfriend's not even there anymore. So, like, what does he have waiting for him in Tokyo? And I sort of see him being in Kyoto and joining his family again as just going with the flow. Because to me, he's a pretty chill guy. That's what I like about him. Hmm. Okay. I don't think it's any like clear decision of, oh, I was a failure there. I got to make a living here. I don't think it was like that. I just think that he's just going with it. Okay. Maybe it's more a midlife crisis than a failure. Maybe. But again, he's not the kind of person that I see as having a midlife crisis. He's not worried about shit. Yeah, yeah I guess that's... Well, I don't know. I, I feel like he's quite upset about his breakup, even though he doesn't share it. That is an interesting aspect of this story because you have both him. It's a stupid misunderstanding. It's very stupid. (laughs) Right? Both him and his ex-girlfriend seem to be under the impression that it was the other person that broke them up. Yeah, like, how have you two not figured this out yet? (laughs) It was funny at the start, but then they keep having this misinformation and not clarifying it. Like, just not talking it through. And to be honest, I'm more on his side. I think the ex-girlfriend was the one who jumped through the gun and it hasn't been listening and she never lets him finish what he says she just interrupts him and yeah (laughs) yeah that seems like it's totally her fault (laughs) yeah right because when he told her that he was gonna go home because he was afraid of his father being ill like she immediately took that as oh i'm going home as oh i'm leaving you behind yeah right but then he like followed through with you want to come with me but she wasn't listening (laughs) right she was just like oh my god and so she walks out or she could just like wait two days until she checks on his dad (laughs) like seriously right (laughs) like what was the rush like why did you walk away and then immediately assume that he was breaking up with you so i think this is totally her fault yeah and so it's understandable when she doesn't like say that she wants to be with him or go with him that he thinks that she broke up with him right that she didn't want him to leave i thought she she didn't just like say she doesn't want to go with him she just like he he says she's going home to check on his dad and then she just like ran out and slammed the door on him (laughs) yeah which i can see why he would think of that as her breaking up with him but again he should have clarified you don't just assume these things yeah yeah (laughs) well especially now that they've uh spent so much time together afterwards well i mean i guess it goes to show like how much she is not over him right she follows him to kyoto and she has a whole like anxiety about well okay did she or did she not follow him i feel like it's like ambiguous whether she definitely like went to the place that she associated with him right i don't think she was like trying to actually find him there Right. I I think so, too. I think she was just sort of influenced by the fact that he's talked about it. And then she felt like seeing it, but she did not expect to see him. Yeah. She was clearly thinking about him, though. (laughs) She was clearly thinking about him to go there. And then while she was there, and then, oh, what a coincidence, she bumps into Itsuka, and then they end up together. So I liked that whole like twist of events. That was funny. Yeah. And then her deciding to stay there is very suspicious. Like, didn't she have a job back in Tokyo? But it looks like she's decided to stay here now. She also had a midlife crisis. <laughs> I think you're amplifying this idea of a midlife crisis. Yeah, but I still like their whole breakup because um, in, in like most anime, like with the love story of sorts, like the two meet each other from and you see like the whole beginning stage of things. But I really like hear how they've like, they've already known each other for years. They've actually broken up. So it's it's like a different 
part of a relationship. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you there. And I really like the most recent episode, the fifth episode, where you have his ex-girlfriend, Kanako, out on that, like, girl outing, right, with the little girl. Mm-hmm. And then with the high school student who has a crush on Nagamu. <laughs> so you have, like, ex-girlfriend and prospective girlfriend being friendly with each other. And then the little girl being twisted up in knots about it because she's, like, scared that they are going to hate each other once they figure out the truth. But in reality, like, they're totally cool with it. Oh, Even nice. though they actually have a little bit of a misunderstanding about the other one. Nice. I don't think I've seen this episode yet. Oh, you haven't? The one where they just, like, go out on a girl outing, the three of them? I don't think so, no. Okay. But I, I don't think the high schooler is really a prospective girlfriend, to be clear. <laughs> well, that's the exactly the same thought that Kanako has, right? She doesn't take this high schooler seriously because she's so much younger than Nagamu, right? Yeah. And then Mitsuru, which is a high school girl, she isn't really worried about Kanako because she's an ex, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, like, that's why they're cool with each other. And they don't really see each other as rifles, even though they both really still like him. Yeah. Well, I I think the ex-girlfriend is correct that the high schooler is not a rifle. (laughs) You know, what is our fear, Jackal, when we first watched this? What is our fear? We were afraid. (laughs) (laughs) How old is Itsuka, right? She's probably 10. Yeah, she's still in grade school. And we're scared that this is going to go the route of Usagi drop. Okay. So a high school student is way older than Itsuka. (laughs) You're right. I I should be grateful if, if they go with the high schooler. Right? It could be so much worse. <laughs> that, that one's only barely a crime. I would really like it, actually, if if he gets back. Like, I don't think he's required to get back with anyone, right? He could totally just meet someone new, and she could meet someone new. But if anyone, I would kind of like it if him and Kanako would get this misunderstanding cleared up, and then they got back together. Yeah. I mean, they clearly still like each other. <laughs> I don't know about him. I can't tell if he really likes her or not. He totally likes her. Hmm. I think he sees her as a friend now, but I don't know if he has, like, romantic inclinations anymore. I think he's just, like, afraid to talk about it. Because, hmm. you remember, he was, he was, like, trying to ask her at some point, but then I forget why they didn't actually end up talking about it. Well, hopefully it's revisited later, um, if they're going to keep dragging us with this misunderstanding. Oh, it is an entertaining misunderstanding, so I'll forgive yeah. them. I like the whole, uh... The whole sweet shop side of things, too. You know, that kind of surprises me because I feel like there are quite a number of shows that center on food, you know, and some of them will have traditional sweets as the uh, setting. And I feel like this is one of the few times where you have made note about it. That I've made note of it? Yeah, as liking it, like it being of interest to you. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what other ones do we have? We had Tamako Market. There's also, what is it called? Rokuhodo? Am I remembering that correct? The one that is about a traditional cafe kind of place with a bunch of guys. Okay. And I'm assuming if you didn't watch it, you probably took one look at it and thought it was like a reverse harem, even though it wasn't. I think that's exactly what I did. (laughs) It it just like totally wasn't at all. (laughs) It was really about the customers, the individual customers that were coming there and their stories. Okay. And then how like lovely and healing this cafe was. Yeah. I, I did like the the Tamako market setting. I really like that too, right? It's another family that centers around these traditional Japanese sweets. Yeah. What do you like about that in this show? Oh, this show, I, I like how like his whole family is there. Mm-hmm. Seeing like the different generations interact with each other. I really like the part where uh, that high school girl, she was uh, getting like harassed by the idol fans. And mm-hmm. then the mom would just like sh- shoot them down. 
And then the mom became popular with all the idol fans. Right. They're like, wait, now we want to just come here just to see this angry lady on the phone and buy some (laughs) sweets. (laughs) I like how they became fans of his mom. Yeah, exactly. And then I also like like the staff who worked there, how they like he fights with the dad and then the staff will cover for him. That kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know if you recall that episode. It's just like an episode or two ago where they have the cross-dressing staff member. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like that guy. I thought they handled that really well. You know, they they could have easily handled it poorly, but they just sort of treated it like, hey, this is just something that he does because he, he experienced it once before and he found that it helps him like relax. Yeah, they were less uh, creepy about it than most anime are. Yeah. And since you said you don't think you've seen the most recent episode, that means you haven't met his grandma yet, right? No, I don't think so. I think you're going to like her. Oh, good. Yeah, if there's anyone I dislike in this show, it's probably his dad. <laughs> I think his dad's way too hard on him. And like like I said, like Nagamu is a very chill guy. He, he goes with the flow. He follows what he loves to do, what he wants to do. And he came back and he's like honestly putting his efforts into the place now. Why is his dad still being a hard ass? <laughs> I like his dad. That that guy, he's such a go-with-the-flow kind of guy. He needs someone to keep him in line. Yeah, I think that's true that it's nice to have someone who gives you guidance. But, you know, would it really hurt to have a little bit of affection shown now and then? It would go against his character. But, I mean, it, it's pretty obvious he does have a lot of affection for him. He just... Uh, I hope so. He just doesn't show it. I think he should show it to his son now and then, even if it's rare. I agree. I agree. But it is it is quite entertaining when he doesn't. I feel like the show, it talks a lot about like your own dreams when you're younger and when you're older versus your life's obligations. Uh, we have a few characters for this sort of discuss. Nagamu is the number one character showing that, right? They make a whole big deal. Like you said, he goes away and is kind of seen as, how did you describe it? A failure at life. Failure at life just because he wanted to go play music in the city. Right? And I think him doing that is good that he went and did it. He probably learned from it. Things that you wouldn't have learned if you hadn't done that. Yeah. And then you have Yukihira, which is Itsuka's dad, which I think we can all agree is probably Nagamu's senpai, right? Same person? Wait, who's Nagamu's senpai? Yeah, they brought up a couple of times, and then maybe because you haven't seen the most recent episode, they say it even more explicitly, but how he had a, the main character had a guitar player that he looked up to, and all signs are pointing that that guy he looked up to is actually Itsu's dad. What a piece of trash. What a piece of trash. Okay, so there's the thing, right? This is, I think, uh, putting these two against each other. You've got Nagamu who ran away, quote unquote, ran away to the city. And he's he did the same thing as his senpai did, this Yukihira guy who ran away, but he left a kid behind. Yeah, that's, this is totally different. <laughs> totally different level. Yeah. And then he just, like, abandoned the kid on the sweet shop porch. He did! Yeah, what a piece of trash. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, what excuse could there be? Uh, I'm really that's interested to see that. That's a true failure at life there. There we go. <laughs> well, you don't you don't leave your kid behind. No explanation. Okay, good. This poor kid's traumatized, right? Even, even you want to defend this guy from being a failure at no, life. No, he left his daughter behind. <laughs> what excuse is there? Like, no excuse. If there was a reason for doing that, like at least tell her. She knows nothing. Death penalty. No, okay, that's that's too extreme, Draggle. <laughs> And then there's Mitsuru, the one that you liked her episode where she would, like, dress up and play the guitar for a streaming audience, right? Yeah, yeah. 
and like heard hiding that from her family and the fact that she wanted to like learn how to play instruments, do all of that. But she feels like she has to take care of her family and like have multiple jobs because she's got a large family, right? Right. Um, so again, there, that obligation versus her passion. And then the most one is his, his grandma, which I think is interesting how, well, I don't want to spoil it for you, but she's got a little bit of her own too. Okay. Okay. And then there's the, the little girl too. Itsuka, which I don't really know. Well, what do you mean? She seems to want to make sweets, but I'm not sure if she actually does. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. Like, is she doing this out of obligation because she loves them as a family and she doesn't want them to abandon her? Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I really hope... uh, Here we go. We have a clear conflict. We want to discover these answers, right? By the end of the series. Exactly. Healer Girl could learn something from this. But I, I do really like how this show is showing us, proving to us, like, that these traditional sweets are, like, still beloved, and they're still relevant, even now. Yeah. It's making me think of all the sweets I ate in Japan. Well, and in Kyoto, because we've been to Kyoto, and, like, I recognized a lot of the landmarks in the most recent episode, like, the big mountain, because they had the Obon Festival, and that's the same mountain that Keiwu and I, like, we hiked up behind Ginkakuji to look at, so it's it's been really fun watching the show and remembering all the places we've been. Yeah. Although I never got to go to, like, such a nice sweet store. I think I must have just gone to like the tourist places because they they always had like the packaged sweets. You got to go to some of those mom and pop st- stores and uh, get some handmade from them. Although I, I did get the mochi where I saw the guys hammering the mochi. That's really cool. Yes. Tune in again to Kaiseki Anime Podcast two weeks from now. Please feel free to send us questions or comments on Twitter with hashtag Kaiseki Anime Podcast or on our individual accounts at Drago underscore Kuhn and at Anime BNB. Listen and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so we can continue to grow and improve. You can also find us on Google Play. Thanks for listening. See you next time.